Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Uh, retirement's great, but every now and then you got to stick your iron in the fire. So it's always nice to be back. You know, one of the things that was so disturbing to me as a freshman member of Congress in the 115th was seeing the swamp in action. And it didn't take much uh, investigation, much intuition, uh, certainly watching the media behave uh, with their never Trumpism, but also what the swamp was doing vis a vis one constant false scandal, false investigation after another. And you know, that's pretty routine. As I say, that's been the case since, you know, Nixon outed Alger Hiss. The press doesn't like Republicans. But if you can weaponize the bureaucracy, and this this is what every dictatorship strives for, they, they'll, they'll eventually get around to taking your guns away. They don't even have to shut down the free press. Journalists do that all by themselves. They weaponize law enforcement. They weaponize the military. It's why you see so many military coups in, in, you know, third world countries. And watching this up close as I did, um, I mean, I'm telling you, it was disturbing beyond the pale, which is why I wrote my book, Party Animal. But someone who is even thicker, or I shouldn't say thicker, but, but more, more deeply involved and been there a long time and was chair of the Intel Committee, tells a harrowing tale of what happened to him as well as everybody else in the crosshairs. And that is former Representative Devin Nunez of California. He was chair of the Intelligence Committee when I got there. And what happened to Devin should never happen to anybody in a free country and is here to tell us about it. Devin, welcome back to the program. Jason, it's great to be on with you. And, you know, just a couple months ago, I was actually in North Carolina, spoke at uh, several county uh, GOP events. So, uh, but now, of course, I'm running through social out of Congress, just like you, but uh, in the thick of things. You certainly are in the thick of things. And so is Truth Social, by the way. It's doing a great job on getting the truth out. And, and I mean, we just got word this weekend that Facebook was actually being told by Andy Slavitt, of all people, he of the famous Obamacare architect and, and then the COVID czar under Biden. But it's basically telling Zuckerberg and Facebook, don't write this about COVID. If you're critical of the COVID response, do not put it up. And they didn't. I mean, it's, it, I mean, yeah. it's shocking. Yeah, I mean, that's the this, this is the problem with the social media giants is that they're all under the control. There's very few of them. And they're all under the control of billionaires who are swayed by the government. They had this cozy relationship with the government. Uh, and, you know, when I say the government, meaning the government that's essentially controlled by left-wing bureaucrats. Uh, you know, there are very few Republicans, sadly, that control the levers of power, even when there's a Republican president, has been, has been my experience. That's right. But the social media companies control the delivery of news and information. And this and is so the problem with corporatism. Shadow ban people, it causes a, a, a major fiasco. Well, and this is the problem with corporatism in general, and I think Republicans are finally coming to realize this point for very for a very, very long time. 
there were some in the Republican Party, the National Review crowd, if you will, that were just knee-jerk supporters of big business. When big business was more interested in rent-seeking, incurring government favor than competing in a marketplace, more interested in global profits, not American sovereignty. And it's high time we quit carrying water for corporate America and corporate media. And I think we're starting to realize that now, but you never know, right? Well, the way you have to look at this, the way the way that I look at it is, is that the 95% of the media is part of the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. And I used to say it was 90, but now it's up to 95%. Mm-hmm. And then with that 5% that's left, um, it's podcasters, it's talk radio, um, you have a few news outlets, not, not very many, uh, but even some of them are susceptible uh, to, to you, know, right. inf- you know, heavy influence from the outside. And that I, I do think that in, influence is starting in the C-suite in, in many cases. But that's why people can go to Truth Social. My account is there. Devin obviously is, is there, and you should be too. Um, I do want to get, though, and this, this is old news for you, but I think it's you, you got to sort of do the repetition for retention thing here, Devin. And that is we know that, that Perkins Coy and Fusion GPS created this false dossier, and they leaked it to the media, and then they used media accounts to go to a FISA court to get warrants on Trump officials. But what came out not long ago under the Judiciary Chairman Jordan was the fact that they were subpoenaing records for you, uh, the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, who was looking into this abuse of civil liberties, and they didn't like it, and so they were snooping on you as well. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And the way you have to look at the, the you have to look at this the Russia hoax. You know, yes, I mean everybody knows about it, but how does it relate to today? And it, what it is is it's it's just an extension. What you see happening today is this an extension of what they did in 2016, right. where they weaponized the Department of exactly. Justice. And look at where we are today. That's why I keep telling people, I've told people, until you rein in DOJ and FBI, you're going to continue to have these abuses because the DOJ and the FBI are the enforcement mechanism. So the media is the propaganda arm of the left in this country. Right. And then they've weaponized the justice system, even the courts and the FBI, on behalf of the Democratic Party. So this is all one and the same. They started with, let's go spy on Trump and the Republicans in 2016. Let's leak some stuff about Russia out. Let's try to make it an October surprise in 16. It failed. Then what happened? They turned it into a witch hunt to go out and get the president. They formed a special counsel. People may remember Mueller. And then that was, that was designed to get rid of President Trump. And in the process of that, dozens of Americans were punished, punished wrongly, for things they didn't even do wrong. The best example of that was General Flynn. Mm-hmm. And then so many bogus charges were brought against innocent people that had to, that lost everything in many cases. Even people who were prosecuted lost everything. Cash then Patel, you fast forward, and what did we have? We had the Ukrainian uh, impeachment hoax, all related, all the same players. Then you fast forward, now you got Mar-a-Lago, documents, hoax, raids. you got their prosecuting, you know, anybody around Trump. I mean, my God, now they went and got the, the maintenance guy last week. Right. This is what's amazing about this, Devin. You're you're absolutely right. These people will not stop. What's amazing to me is when they were outed, not only by Mueller, who didn't want to do it, but basically that's what he did. He, He exposed it for the fraud it was. But then the Durham report solidified that. 
And now it's out in the open. We know it. Do you think they would stop? No, they've doubled down. They've doubled down to the point where now they're saying if if Donald Trump utters the, the routine phrase, fight like hell, we're going to consider that not a metaphor, not a, not a routine political campaign speech, but we're going to say that's a violation of the Espionage, Espionage Act and try to put him in jail. Yeah, I mean, and look, that shows the holes in their arguments, Jason. Had you and I uh, taken classified documents um, from the United States Congress, we would be prosecuted under for mishandling of classified documents. <laughs> the fact that they did not prosecute right. uh, and indict President Trump on mishandling classified documents tells you all you need to know. They don't have a case. They've made one up. Well, that's and they, they had use, to go back. That's why they used the, the 1917 or 18 law. 1917 Espionage Act, which, by the way, was designed to su- suppress speech of anybody opposed to Wilson's Great War. Yeah, so, <laughs> the, the irony, the irony there is, is not is not lost on me. And now they, they say, well, you know, Trump instructing his help down in Mar-a-Lago was obstruction. When in fact, this is the same DOJ, Devin Nunez, that this weekend um, I- issued a letter demanding that a witness testifying now in a closed session of Congress be jailed the sooner the better. If that isn't obstruction, if not intimidation, I don't know what is. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say, Jason. It, it, they don't stop, right? So this is just the latest where they go out and, and what they did over the weekend here, a congressional witness, they're willing to, to, to go in and basically threaten them. And then once they were called out on it, uh, they 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 back down, but I would say the last three or four days, all the communications you have between the DOJ and the FBI and the Biden White House would be enough to put all kinds of people in jail. The problem is, is that the coordination of all that was done by guess who? The people that would have to investigate themselves at the DOJ and the FBI and the Biden White House. So it's not going to happen. Um, so so finally, Republicans in Congress have to really focus on DOJ and FBI. And, and, and look, if you want to get to Biden and the whole Biden criminal enterprise that I think we all know is there, you have to start at the DOJ and the FBI because that's what enabled the Biden crime family to do what they've done. So I, I wrote a, a piece in my Substack page this uh, last week on defunding the FBI and the CIA. Why doesn't Congress do that? That's what the Democrats did during the Vietnam War. They defunded the war effort. Yeah, so the, so the challenge is, as you know, during the Vietnam War, the Democrats had super majorities in the House and the Senate, so they basically could do whatever they wanted to. You know, today, the Republicans, as you know, Jason, this is the smallest mm. majority they've ever had in the House of Representatives in modern times, and then they don't control the United States Senate. So they don't have, you know, they don't really have the ability. They can, they can make noise, they can investigate the best they can really do and what they should focus on and what I've, you know, talked to them about is full transparency. Issue as many subpoenas as possible to right. go and get as many records as possible. And that's what they ought to be doing right now. Whatever occurred over the last, the last four days as it related to, to this Devin Archer testifying in the Congress, that, is, that would be a mother load of information. Now, they won't give it to them. They're not going to give it up. But then you, have to go, then you have to go back to, if you're going to obstruct, you're not going to provide documents, then just like Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro and these people were treated when they wouldn't cooperate, cooperate with Congress, right. Merrick Garland, Monaco, Lisa Monaco, the deputy attorney general, Chris Ray, the FBI director, 
they should be treated exactly the same way. Now, we know they won't be, but at least exposing, putting sunlight on this would make all the difference in the world. You got it, my friend. For more on uh, Devin's take, check out Truth Social, the social media website that he's uh, working hard on these days. Devin, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Appreciate your time today. Great to be with you, Jason. Thanks for having me. And, and please, uh, North Carolina, keep it going. I'd love being out there. You got it, bud. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. I had many a conversation with Devin over uh, the 115th Congress, and we both knew exactly what was going on. In fact, there's a story I tell in the book about when I went over to the Intelligence Committee and had to give up my wallet, my ID, my phone, my firstborn, you name it, to view the intelligence on Russian collusion. And I knew then, can't tell you what was in there, of course, but I knew then it was a, it was a Russian collusion hoax, frankly, set up to defend Hillary. See, the, the dirty little secret is, on the whole way this, this Trump indictment process started, the series of indictments was to, to eliminate Trump, and they started with Russian collusion, but it really started once people realized that Hillary had absconded with all these emails on her server, and many of them classified. She was never prosecuted for that. <clears throat> and and that, there, that, that the Kremlin had actually discovered that there was a plan hatched by um, Hillary and Mark Elias and, you know, all, all the usual suspects in the DNC to vilify Trump and make him look like a Russian parrot. And it was all a scheme. And it was all a plan. So they constructed this fake dossier, ironically, from Russian sources who turned out to be nothing but a fake. And it was all fake. And then they used that to weaponize the DOJ. And this is the point of, of what Chairman Nunez was saying last segment. That once you weaponize law enforcement and the military, it's also what I wrote last week, the game is up. You know, everybody says, oh my gosh, we can't have the dictatorship. We can't have communists or fascists. They'll take away our guns. They'll, they'll d destroy the freedom of the press. No, 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 no. First and foremost, they weaponize law enforcement and they weaponize the military. You've got to have the soldiers and the cops on your side if you're going to rule with an iron fist. That's the process that we're undergoing right now. And if we don't do something right now, it is going to be too late because these people are not going to stop. They don't know how to stop. They think they're entitled to rule. And, and I don't care what the issue is. And, and the other aspect to all of this is how many times can they lie about everything? About biological reality, a boy's a girl, a girl's a boy. About COVID, uh, there was no lab leak. Hell, we now found out a, there was a Chinese lab in California discovered today 
that was injecting mice with COVID. And the vaccine is perfectly safe. And there was no election, election voter fraud in 2020. None of it you can believe. Just shut up and believe us or we will put you in jail. We will turn a protest into a criminal act. We will turn, and if this indictment from Jack Smith does come down, and it does come down to, to the point where you're criminalizing routine phrases, routine speech, <laughs> that's just further evidence, friends. More on this and what we can do with higher ed. That's coming up next, so stick around on News Talk 1110 WBT. Filling in for Pete Callender today. And one of the pleasures of being back in the Carolinas, it always gives me a chance, dare I say an excuse, to talk to one of my most favorite former colleagues, and that is 5th District Congresswoman Virginia Fox. She's chair of the House Education and Workforce Committee, which I had the privilege of serving on under her tutelage a few years back. Also serves on oversight. I want to get her take on the, the DOJ machinations, but I also want to delve into really what she's doing with regard to higher ed, because if we don't get a handle on our institutions in America, it could be the C-suite in corporate America. It can certainly be the media, but especially education. We're not going to get a handle on the country and the direction it needs to go. So without further ado, my old colleague, well, I'm the old guy. She's my young colleague, Virginia Fox from North Carolina's 5th Congressional District. Congresswoman, welcome to WBT once again. Thank you so much, Jason. It's great to be with you. Uh, I, I found a way to get around that expression, say, my longtime friend. Yeah, there right? you go. There you are. That way you don't offend anybody. And I don't, I'm not offended by any kind of age comments. But, um, yes, we're, we're good longtime friends because I used to listen to you when you were on WBT years ago. I'm a big AM radio person. And, um, and, WBT used to get all around in my district. In fact, I told uh, told your producer, I told Bernie that I listened to WBT when I was young because we could hear it in the mountains. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Henry Bogan was on at night. You right. can go from the coast all the way over to Chicago. I mean, it's it's one of the the great um, the great aspects of, of growing up in that era. It was the AM radio and really the resurgence of AM because it was kind of dying in the water was led by Rush and it sort of had this growth right. and now uh, other technological innovations are uh, making it difficult. But um, look, the, the, the bottom line is uh, getting the message out has never been more difficult in this era of a consolidated corporate media that to put it lightly, uh, Chairwoman Fox is not our friend. No, it is not. And um, unfortunately, when I talk to a lot of people, they have no idea what's going on with Hunter and Joe Biden. Um, if, if people watch TV uh, and they happen to watch Fox, they have a little sense of it. But uh, we know that that's not everybody in the country. It's, in fact, not a large enough uh, percentage of the people. But, yes, the media is not our friend. The mainstream media is not our friend. And we rely on folks like you and WBT in the afternoon and evening in particular, and, and I guess in the morning, too. You know, the, the, and I do want to get a little bit of your take on, on what's going on with the DOJ. I, I actually think it's time for the appropriations committees to look at defunding them or, or at least slashing their budgets until they conform, because I don't think anything else is going to change it. But you serve on the oversight committee. 
uh, this letter that was sent out on Saturday to the witness that presumably is still testifying under closed session now, I've never seen anything like that. It was grotesque intimidation, almost obstruction by the prosecutorial authorities. Oh, that's true. And but think about they raided they went to Matt Taibbi's house, if you remember, on a Saturday after it was revealed that he was the person who was exposing what was happening on Twitter. Yeah. And so these are almost Gestapo tactics, Jason. I mean that that this this is not this was not done accidentally, let's say. Right. Uh, a lot of malice of forethought, I would say, in these actions. Uh, this is not what the United States of America is known for, and it is not what we should be known for. We should be known for protecting the rights of American citizens. And uh, this, is, this is terrible, what they tried to do to Devin Archer. And, uh, I mean... You're going to have to be a very, very strong patriot to withstand those kinds of threats. What's scary about it, what's scary about it, Virginia, is that they've been outed. And we now know that Russian collusion, when I was in Washington, we all sort of suspected this is what was going on, was a false dossier being used to get FISA warrants. We, that sort of corruption is third world corruption, but it's yeah. been exposed with the Hunter right. Biden laptop story being spiked, that's been exposed by these eight. Right. And yet, they don't stop. They double down. No, they don't. And that, that is the scary part. That is the scary part. The arrogance and the hubris of these people is truly unbelievable. And it, it should scare the American people. But thankfully, we have a majority in the House. And that's what's exposing all of this, and we have right. to keep that. And we're doing the same thing in education, Jason. Um, we're, uh, every committee is exposing what has been come to be known as the deep state. And, you know, I requested um, a meeting with Department of Education officials to talk about how they're going to handle this uh, so-called forgiveness of student loans. Mm -hmm. Well, they stonewalled us and stonewalled us, uh, but we will have our day. We will be bringing in people under subpoena, if necessary, and interviewing them. Just Devin Archer decided to come in without a subpoena, and that's good. But we're going to be doing the same thing with Department of Ed people and saying, all right, we got to get to the bottom of things. They... It's it's really scary what's happening all over our government in every department. They are circumventing the law. You know, well, I do Supreme want to, Court, the yep. Supreme Court ruled that what the Biden administration was doing was illegal. So now they're looking for other ways to to uh, stick their finger in the eye of the American public. Yeah, you talk about a unitary executive, for heaven's sakes. Um, th this is a violation of separation of powers. You cannot undo this sort of loan forgiveness. The court has ruled that way. And once again, they just said, we'll do it anyway. So let's, let's take a break and come back and talk about your work as uh, chair, chair of the House Education and Workforce Committee. There's lots to talk about there in addition to the student loans. Uh, Chairwoman Vir Virginia Fox is our guest. We'll have one more segment with her when we return all right more on that in a minute first let me tell you the heritage life skills event was fantastic every year bill and jan sturrett organized the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything the sturrett's own carolina readiness supply 2,000 square feet of supplies
supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Welcome back, Jason Lewis, in for the one and only Pete Callender this week from noon to three. Hope you can join us. Uh, our guest this segment, uh, Chairwoman Virginia Fox of Education and Workforce Committee on Capitol Hill. I was proud to serve under her leadership on that committee in the 115th, where we first started, Chairwoman, to pry into what was going on in higher ed. And I think one of th- that particular avenue we were going at like making certain that there was free speech on campus Uh, career and technical education had its fair play obviously addressing the the fastest rising cost in every household and that is not gasoline or groceries it's higher ed tuition and once we started to delve into that those few years ago they said we got to stop this we got to stop this somehow and they stonewalled and now you're back in the in the chair's seat and you're continuing the fight but they're still stonewalling they are jason but let me tell you here's the good news americans confidence in post-secondary ed has fallen to just 36 percent so it was falling before covid but covid really made a difference um covid exposed uh, all of education, elementary and secondary, mm-hmm. as well as post-secondary. I don't call it higher ed anymore. I call it post-secondary because they aren't teaching higher ed skills. Right. So you combine um, the problems that were re- shown by COVID. You see the high cost, as you said, uh, ri- the cost rising higher than the rate of inflation, mm-hmm. uh, a failing student loan system, free speech attacks on the college campuses, the fact that students can't get jobs in their majors, uh, many of them don't get jobs at all. Um, so we're, we're working hard to improve outcomes for taxpayers and students. So we're going to roll back the regulatory uh, burden that's out there on post-secondary education. That's, they complain about that all the time. But we need accountability. That's exactly what we need to get a stronger education system. And uh, we will be, do- that's what we're doing. I tell everybody my middle initials A, it used to stand for ad- and, but now it stands for accountability. And, and you'll know that's what I've been working on since the entire time i've been in congress well you you know look you're an educator at heart going back to your previous career and otherwise the fact is we've got a huge problem in that we're doing promotion without retention to you what they used to say in in the halls Correct. of academia and it's especially true though with college degrees that are quite frankly worthless in many cases we are not teaching the fundamentals and some of these degrees or some of these institutions granting these are doing so for the cash they're doing it to get money and they ought to be sued for malpractice when a child can't run a cash register and they have a college degree 
No, you're absolutely right, and that's part of what we want to do. We will, we're working on a reform of the higher ed bill, and we hope to introduce it later on this fall. And so what we, but the colleges and universities are going to fight us, Jason, to well, yeah. nail because they do not want accountability. We want them to have skin in the game on loans if they're going to admit people, many of whom can't make it then we want that, and they borrow money and then can't pay it back. We want the colleges and universities to be on the hook for that. 100%. I think that point is key. The, the student loan bailouts that first were struck down as a violation of separation of powers that has to be done by law, if you're going to forgive that kind of trillions in debt, but more importantly... Um, what it really did, what this loan forgiveness really did, was bail out the institutions, not the student. And also very high-income people. Jason, most of the people who have uh, this money, debt, 60% of them went to graduate school. Right. And, you know, we showed the example of people out in California spending $180,000 to get a master's in social work (laughs) <laughs> where they're making $56,000 a year. But now many people, many of the people who owe this money are doctors, lawyers, people on Wall Street, and they just don't pay it back because we've created a nation of people who think they're entitled to this. Now, why should, why should my grandson, who did graduate from college, is not, is not using his degree but had to buy a car and pay right. back the loan on that car. Why should, and we paid for his college, why shouldn't he get his car pay, loan paid off? Well, What's not to mention the, the innate unfairness of people, exactly. to your point, who did pay off the loan. Now right. their neighbor gets theirs forgiven. Or the working Joe or Sally, who are blue-collar right. workers, never went to college, paying off that graduate student's uh, master's degree in social work. Um, nothing could be more fundamentally unfair, which is That's why right. most people did, never supported the Biden forgiveness plan. Let me give you two quick statistics. Seventy percent of the people in this country never went to college. Thirty percent have gone. So the 70 percent, actually, and only 13 percent of the people in this country have outstanding loans. The 87 percent of us who don't owe any money for student loans are the ones who are going to be paying back those loans. That is so unfair. And you know how the Democrats always talk about fairness. Yeah. Well, This is the most unfair thing in the country. And also enticing people to go to college when they can be very, very successful, Jason, as someone who doesn't go to college. And again, look at this country. 70% never went to college. Who's running the country? It's those 70%. You are 100% correct, and that's why our career and technical legislation that I recall distinctly in the 115th right. was such a fun thing to work on with you. Final quick question. We've only got about 30 seconds, but uh, the, the Supreme Court has finally ruled equal protection under the law means equal protection under the law. You can't discriminate uh, in higher ed on the account of race. And yet, if you look at every website of every college, it has a DEI disclaimer that is almost a tantamount to a quota. Uh, These people aren't going to come willingly, are they? Right. They are not going to come. They are not going to do it willingly. But, you know, we've put a lot of pressure on these people 
puts a lot of pressure on uh, Stanford, and that DEI coordinator resigned because of the yeah. sanctioning um, of uh, Kyle Duncan. They had a big, uh, big rally against Kyle Duncan out there, mm-hmm. and uh, we blasted Stanford Law for that. And that we've got to move. Quit. See you. But Jason, always a pleasure, Chairwoman a Virginia job. Fox on WBT.